Greetings, dear listener. I'm your host, Ian McKenzie. And this is a special conversation between myself and the co-founder of FemQ. Now, FemQ is an organization dedicated to bringing forth feminine intelligence in the world. And they do this primarily by bringing together people as speakers and you know, scientists and uh, political advisors, uh, artists, all together to really wonder about and speak to this idea of feminine intelligence, FemQ. Now, they've held a number of events over the years, and I was invited to speak at their Los Angeles event back in 2018. And uh, alongside this, those of you who participated in the very first A Gathering of Stories event, uh, which happened in February, uh, may know that we're now uh, very close to our next event. Now, we were actually planning to hold this uh, right around the time of sort of midsummer. Uh, and while in the midst of that question, or that uh, consideration, I received a message from uh, Karen and the FemQ team saying that they wanted to have an event around this time that would be located in Costa Rica, uh, as well as online. And you know, would I be interested in in uh, speaking again? And so, in a beautiful synchronicity, um, we recognized that oh, maybe these events actually want to weave together. And so, since then, we've been dreaming and working very hard to produce this collaborative um, journey for you. Now the FemQ event happens, like I said, in Costa Rica, um, but also online, and that's from uh, the 24th to the 31st. And then our Gathering of Stories event, which in this time is going to be a exploration into the heart of the feminine, that's going to take place on July 31st as a one-day event, but also as a crescendo of the entire FemQ journey. Now, if that feels a little bit uh, hard to untangle, then uh, all good. We're about to have a conversation, Karen and I. We're going to speak more about uh, the story behind you know, her work with FemQ, and we're going to share a little bit about what's in store. And so if you just want to skip right ahead and get tickets, you can check out FemQ, F-E-M-M-Q.com for a ton of details, as well as a agatheringofstories.com to connect with uh, the Gathering of Stories event. Now, you can experience both uh, or separately, um, but, um, of course, if you can do the whole thing, it's going to be pretty magical. Anyway, uh, without further ado, on to my conversation with Karen Lee Downs of FemQ. Welcome, Karen Lee Downs, to the show. Thank you, Ian. Great to be with you today. Hmm. I'm excited to record this bonus episode of the podcast to share somewhat of the forthcoming collaboration that we have between uh, the Mythic Masculine and FemQ. And I'd love to tell a little bit about my first encounter with FemQ, which was, I believe, back in 2018, uh, which uh, one of your collaborators, Alexander, reached out and I think had heard it about Amplify Her at that point, um, the other major a project I was involved with and uh, invited me to to speak at the Los Angeles event you were doing. Um, and the invitation to me was, I mean, it was compelling from just the understanding that there was a group of people taking this, you know, feminine intelligence, as I understand, you know, this really deep sort of mimetic, um, you know, carrying the flag forward to say like, this is, this is matters, this is important. And, and what if we brought people together orchestrated around this um, this invocation in a way and why why this is deep medicine for these times. And so 
I'd love to hear from you a bit about what was the impetus behind this event uh, for you. And, and I understand the first one happened back in London, correct, a few years prior to that. But I'm sure there's some kind of origin story that is, is in there. And I'd love for the listeners to hear a little bit about that. Yes. And I, I really want to position that the story continues um, mm-hmm. as, we, as we're seeing unfold and as you're partaking in um, with us this, this time around. In, because back in 2015, life and the world looked very differently than how it does today. And um, that's one of the biggest things that I think we're adjusting to and adapting. And what we need to be doing is responding to what's emerging and what's calling us into the future. And I think back then, if I really stay still for a moment and think what was it that was calling to us, what was speaking through us was important. So I had been uh, working with um, Dr. Silla Elworthy, who's a dear friend and colleague on, uh, in an organisation called Rising Women, Rising World. And um, Alexandra came and did a workshop with us. And out of that workshop, um, Alexandra really came to Silla and I um, with another colleague, Kirsten Luba, and said, um, this, this platform, this conversation has to be escalated, has to be profiled, has to be... Um, have a place to be held in our hearts and in our minds. And if we looked at the statistics, because both Scylla and I had been working with gender equality in some form or another, whether it was through conflict and peace building, which is Scylla's main focus, or through my own, which was having worked in India and Bangladesh and watching the societal norms that perpetuated gender inequality and injustice, we were coming at it from very different perspectives. But when we united and came together, what we saw was that any statistic that we looked at is if we progressed the way we were going, it was going to take something like 95 years to get parity or equality around gender. And so my own experience with working with an organisation called The Hunger Project was when we look at hunger, so I want to give it a context much bigger than our and our work and our organisation, but if we look at an issue called the chronic persistence of hunger, which is not about food, it's about the circumstances and the social norms and the, the way that we have structured life that perpetuates that condition. And when I worked in the Hunger Project, it was identified that the subjugation and marginalisation of women was a key to ending the chronic persistence of hunger. Because if women are not empowered and they don't hold their rightful place in the community, in the household, then that is diminished or languishes in some way. Mm. So with all of our wisdom and with all of our experience, when we came together and looked at these statistics of what was policy and structure was not going to change it, we said, what if the feminine intelligence, the feminine qualities could be embodied and integrated into the human psyche, into all genders, that we embrace these qualities that had been marginalised for centuries in men and women and all genders and suppressed as part of our um, unique um, consciousness that we can bring. And so that's really what activated us into calling it feminine intelligence accessible to all genders. Mm. And then I understand you held your first in-person gathering in, in London, was it in, in that year or soon after? It was actually in Berlin. Okay. We, we started in 2016 in Berlin, and what was extraordinary is that 140 people came from 17 countries, and for a first event, that was really remarkable. That was an indication to us that this was a conversation that needed to be had, 
and we had invited and suggested and um, really gone for enrolling and engaging people in the feminine in all genders, but in fact who showed up at that conference was 95% women. And we had to ask ourselves why, why, was, why were men, why were men who identify, or males who identified as men, <clears throat> not interested in this conversation, that it was something, it was women's work. And so we wanted to perpetuate that conversation and continue it. So then we held two events in London and one in LA, which is when we met you, Anne, and, and really, um, Alexander, discovering your work. And why I've initiated this one in Costa Rica, because I feel that this country is very much of, of the feminine. As I'm sitting talking to you, I'm looking out into the jungle. And I often say to people, since I moved here, I don't go out into nature. She comes into me. And so I feel like the times have changed, the conversation has changed, the world has changed, and so too do we need to. Mm. I appreciate that. I mean, I one of the threads I've been tracking in the Mythic Masculine podcast, which also, you know, by going into any, let's say, polarity, of course, it reveals the other in the sense the yin reveals the yang. Um, and so the inquiry for me into the masculine also revealed new uh, qualities and characteristics of what could be understood as the feminine, um, as well as the kind of cultural programming uh, or, or undercurrent of which um, one frame that I found really helpful, of, of course, is Rian Eisler's work, uh, who wrote The Chalice and the Blade, um, but she calls a uh, culture of domination, right? And so it's not a surprise to me, of course, in a culture of domination that qualities of um, yeah, relationship and you know, compassion and equity, or equ <laughs> equity uh, are less, you know, quote, of interest because in some ways those are programmed out of being seen as valuable. Um, and so I'm curious to what for you has been the, uh, the sort of wake of these events? Like how have you seen them catalyze or inspire or spark um, throughout the, I guess, you know, this is the fourth now event, it sounds like, that is happening. Fifth, in course, the fifth, in the fifth in event. Fact. Mm. Yeah. So what have you noticed then in terms of like, what are some of the ripples from holding these events? I think the in one sense, there's some things that haven't changed and there's others that have changed dramatically. And the ones that haven't changed is the very everyday conversations that I will have where people will say to me, Karen, why are you having this conversation? You're taking us backwards. It's polarizing. And my, my automatic response mm. to that is that given my experience of working in India and Bangladesh and in the global south for many years and in many different situations and in corporate environments, which has been my work, is the context sets the tone for everything. Concept, the context sets the story that's told, the behaviours that are enacted. And so now I speak about, I guess, for want of a better term, a spectrum where we have to talk about biology because in India, I could not talk about feminine intelligence and make any sense because the gender is so critical to the abuse, the, the violence and the human injustices that occur. So in, in the context of glo the global south, we have to speak about gender and we have to speak about biology because if you're born into a woman's body or even if you were discovered in a woman's womb that you're about to eat and the mother discovers she's giving birth to a girl child, there's ramifications often to that. And so this is a very complex, complex 
conversation. I wouldn't have had that conversation back then, Ian. I'm very present to the pandemic has escalated the disproportionate effect on women of the crises and um, domestic violence and all of those things that are happening to one's body. So I'm positioning it back in, not taking it out. And I think that's been a big adjustment because of the pandemic. And also this uh, conference in particular, what I've seen is that a theme and a context is needed. So we've called this conference Feminine Intelligence for a Regenerative Future. And I've started to position this notion of one, there is biology and there's what moves through our system. There is consciousness and psyche, which we attribute to having an energy of masculine and feminine. And, um, and how do we, for me, how do we bring integrity to any system? And why, by integrity, I don't mean morality, I mean wholeness, is you have to identify what's missing in the whole in order to restore the, the integrity. And so one of the things for me that's important in this conversation this year is if we are to restore our profound and deep love of our mother nature, of mother of the feminine, we have to identify where the feminine is missing. And it's everywhere. As Rianne Eisler says in her methodology and her approach is that, I've, I, in fact, your podcast with her, Ian, which I loved, where she said the primary concern is women and children. We have to address these issues because if we lose the feminine and if we imagine a world without the feminine, what world would that look like? Thank you for that. I mean, I'm curious to hear, or for the listener, to now hear a little bit about how the journey, understand, one, this next event, as you mentioned, does happen in Costa Rica. There's an in-person component for those that can meet there. And then there'll be an online component of which we are collaborating on the Crescendo event, which will be the next a gathering of stories as well. So I can talk about that in a moment. But how about let's uh, share a little bit about what do you see or, or what do you think the experience will be? Probably for most listeners too, unless they happen to be able to get down there, uh, they'll, they'll be experiencing it uh, online or the, the, the parts that are online. And I'd love for you to speak a little bit about that. So the online experience, um, what's being valuable about creating this for me is really looking at what people have been subjected to or experienced in the last 12 months of being on mostly, many of us, on back-to-back -back Zoom calls, whether we're working from home or we're doing business in some way. Um, I think the, the thing that we really looked at is what would be a different approach to this gathering. So we're doing three hours each day. We do a 90-minute session and then we take a break for integration, reflection and contemplation, and then we take another 90 minutes and then people come back the next day. So it's very much around these conversations that will take place from very, very different perspective. I feel so fortunate that I've got such an amazing community as you have, Ian, that we tap into and connect with. And every single person that's speaking has bring, is bringing decades of experience. They're a practitioner in the field and they bring like fractals of the whole. They're bringing very different perspectives to a very complex subject. No one has the answer. Everyone's coming in with this as an experiment. How do we collaborate? How do we connect back to the essence and the soul of who we truly are and bring the full capacities and qualities of our humanity? and create the future that we're all yearning for. So it's my business is called the Flourish Initiative, so I'm very orientated to flourishing. And this conference is really about enabling people to flourish through the experience and have that time to reflect and integrate 
the wisdom and the knowledge and the learnings that they receive. And most importantly in the connection you and I have made is that um, diversity and inclusion and the creative arts are incredibly important. I absolutely recognise that in our panel of speakers, there is not the extent of the um, inclusivity and di diversity that I would love to have. And we've got Latin America represented because we're in Latin America and we've got, we're in Central America and, and we've got um, people coming in and um, practitioners who work here. But the beauty of teaming up with you and Nicole in has been to dovetail at the end or have a bookend, if you like, to our um, gathering, which is all on diversity, inclusion, um, the non-binary, the, um, non the um, whether it's transgender or um, whichever way we come from, whether Indigenous, the creative, the poetry, the spoken word, I just love what you're bringing in the gathering of stories. And I think we will have gathered a lot of stories during the week for rich experience of wisdom, experience and knowledge. And your program at the end on the 31st will be a way of really fully embodying that as well as what we'll be doing during the week. And I think the thing that we both tapped into and certainly I'm aware of is the 26th of July, which is when we begin is the date of the new year for the Mayan calendar. And I didn't know that when I chose the date, I must've been tuning into something which is exciting because it's auspicious. And they say on that day, the 26th of July, anything can happen. And I really believe with what we're bringing and what you're bringing in, this is a moment in time where something else will truly shift into an exponential or a, a, a quantum shift to another level. Mm. Thank you for that uh, naming of the synchronistic timing as well, because it was a foot in in this collaboration. Because um, I was actually in the process of dreaming into the next a gathering of stories event, the first one we did back in February, and the theme of that one was the soul of masculinity. And there had been an interest from that event, um, in some ways, kind of clearly from people saying, "Oh, you should do something around the feminine," and so. Um, myself and Nicole Sorkin, who's the sort of co co director, co producer of the Amplify Her universe, um, she expressed interest as well in collaborating on this. And so we were dreaming about it. And then we got the email from you saying, hey, you know, we're thinking of doing this event uh, essentially the same, the almost exact same days. And so it seemed like a perfect, you know, sense the universe saying, hey, you know, work together on this. And so. <laughs> Uh, we have assembled now a pretty incredible event uh, for a one-day gathering of stories, which can be experienced on its own for those that you know just wish to attend that. And also, it can be as the, the final exploration uh, of the entire FemQ journey. So it is exciting in that way that they they support each other and um, really create that holism. I think that you were speaking to earlier. Absolutely. I think the other thing um, that I'm very aware of is in this um, in this time where people have been asking themselves very the very core of their being being prompting prompted to ask the question who am I and what am I doing that matters what matters to me now these big existential questions what do I want to be doing with my life and I think that is timely for these events as well who am I what will I do that matters and how have I been colonized, adapted to the system and how can I transform that? And that's what it's important about what we're both doing in is really evaluating and, and being self-reflective 
And I know for myself being Australian, I was raised in a particular way that when I think about when people say to me about the masculine and the feminine, we both look at the males and females or any gender will look at the moon, but we all have different experiences of the moon. And one of the things I've been saying recently is you in occupying in bio biologically a male's body as we've come to know it, the term is adjusting and we're adjusting these terms, but currently that's what many, um, the dialogue we use, um, see the moon in a different way to how I experience it or experience it differently to me. And we don't talk about those experiences that are fundamental in the biology of a woman and the biology of a man because our bodies operate for many years in a consistent rhythm with the moon cycle of the moon. And so I have a very different relationship in my body to what a man will have as he will have different experiences to what I have in other areas. So I think these differences should be value, valued as diversity and, and shift in our consciousness of how do we become aware of these differences and embrace them, hear them and be curious about them. And that's what I'm really wanting to intend with this FemQ event is come with curiosity, come with a sense of wonder, come with a knowing it's an experiment and no one has the answer. Because for sure, none of our speakers, especially that you are one of them, none, not one of us has the answer to this very complex situation to shift consciousness in a way that we can flourish in the future. Beautiful. How can people connect and register? Uh, the best, the very best way at the moment is, well, firstly, we would love people to come and we're going to take registrations because it's so beautiful here in Costa Rica. So contact me directly. Um, that's Karen at theflourishinitiative.com. Um, if you do want to register, um, you can register online on the FEMQ website, which is www.femme, and the letter Q, all lowercase, .org, and you'll see the booking registrations for either online or in person. And it's a seven-day event, but five days online. So if you come in person, you're going to be with a group of beautiful people connected, all con concentrated on creating a regenerative future. Thank you for that. And for those that want to tap into the gathering of stories, which does also link and mention the FEMQ, uh, sort of different gateways, people can go to a gathering of stories.com as well and get info there for registering for that portion of the event. Well, Karen, I feel like we, we sort of lickety split. We, I think we hit the main points. I feel uh, listener, if they're excited by now, they should definitely take the next steps and connect. The event's coming up very fast. And uh, um, yeah, I'm excited to see how this, how this blooms. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ian, for the time today and, to, and all, you know, just wishing blessings and, and love and prayers to all of us for what we bring into the world now because it all makes a difference. Mm. Beautiful. Thanks, Karen. Appreciate your time.